Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we continued our series, Jesus Is But Also. We looked at how Jesus is human, but also God. This might be one of the most controversial statements in our faith, but it is also one of the most important. Follow along, and we hope you enjoyed this message. Well, welcome back to our series. We're in Jesus Is But Also. Uh, and this, this morning is admittedly going to be a little bit different. This morning we're going to be talking about Jesus is human, but also God. And so to kick this off, I'm going to actually tell you a little bit about a, a reel, or maybe you've seen an Instagram reel or a, a YouTube short that is similar to this. And it's basically this guy is on a street, and he's like kind of looks like he's set up like a street preacher sort of thing, but he it gets in this conversation. It's like a back and forth between this girl who has a, a question, I don't know if she's like trying to trap him or maybe it's a genuine question, but she comes up and asks this question, how do you get into heaven? What is required to get into heaven? And the guy just goes, perfection. And she kind of looks at him and she's a little confused and she's like, so are there people in heaven right now? And he says, yes. And she says, okay, but is there anyone on earth right now who is perfect? And he says, no. And she says, is there anyone on earth who has who has been perfect any human who has been perfect and he says no and she's like well then how is it that people are getting into into heaven and if you have been in the church for any length of time you probably know where he's going he started down this road of sharing the gospel with her and saying no there's been no one who was only man who was perfect but there was a man who was perfect, but he was also fully God, and his name is Jesus. And he starts to talk about with her how Jesus is the one who gifts us, who grants us his perfection so that we may enter into heaven. This one, Jesus is also, Jesus is human, but also God, is maybe one of the most controversial statements in our faith. Most people are fine if they're uh, I mean, most people who are Christians should be fine with this, but people who are not Christians are fine admitting, okay, maybe there was this guy named Jesus who lived, and he was a man, and he taught some good things. He was a good teacher. Uh, He may have done some good things like feeding the poor and helping those who were sick or injured, but when it comes to starting to call that Jesus, that man God, that's when people tend to draw the line. Like, no, 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 How how could somebody who's human also be God? Or, or, no, 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 that doesn't really fit with my faith. There's, there's one God, and he's, he's that God. Maybe you call him Father as a Christian, but that's, that's the God I believe in. Jesus is not, uh, not a, part of, a part of that. People really have started to twist what it means that Jesus uh, was God, it, saying all kinds of different things about him. This is one of the most controversial uh, things about our faith, statements in our faith, that Jesus is fully man and fully God, but it is something that we believe. And this morning, hopefully, I'm going to help you understand and see why we believe this to be true. Uh, first, let's address this, this part about perfection, because maybe you're like, wait, perfection is what's required to be in the kingdom of God or, or be a part of God's family. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, this is a sermon where he's basically talking about, hey, this is the kingdom of God. This is how the kingdom of God operates. This is what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. He says in Matthew 5, verse 48, he's kind of ending this section off that he's talking. He says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. The reality is, and we see this in other places in the scripture, that if you and I were able to live a perfect life, 
sinless life from birth to death, that we would be able to enter into heaven. But we also know that no person is perfect. How many of you have ever held a baby? Yes. How many of you have ever seen a baby? Okay. From the moment that you're a baby, you are selfish. You are a sinner. You're crying out and forcing people to do things that most of the time, as a father, I didn't want to do, okay? I didn't want to wipe your baby bottom and all these fun things. But, but these selfish little beings, they're, they're us, they're, they're humans, they're, they're sinful from the get-go. And the truth is, in all of us, we have this, this sinful nature to where even if right now you started to live perfect, still you would have to account for your sin. You would be held accountable for the sin that you've committed up until this point in your life. None of us can live a perfect life. So what's Jesus getting at here? What was that street preacher, street preacher getting at with that girl who was asking these questions? He's getting at, hey, there's, there's one person who has lived a perfect life. There's only one person who was the perfect sacrifice. And there's only one way that he could have been these things, been able to conquer death, been able to conquer sin, been able to give us life and gift us his perfection. And it's if he was fully man and fully God. So again, this morning, Jesus is God, or he's human, but also God. We're going to actually use something this morning called the Heidelberg Catechism. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say Heidelberg. Now turn to your other neighbor and say Schmeidelberg, okay, if that helps you remember. The Heidelberg Catechism, this is something that was uh, written out. It's a series of question and answers, questions and answers about our faith, and it was written or put together in the 1500s, and it's by these people who basically just wanted to put into question and answer form uh, a way to understand, hey, these are the important things about our faith. They kind of summarize some of the big questions and thoughts of our faith, some of the big doctrines of our faith, and they did it in a way that, hey, if you kind of go through and answer or, or list off these questions and then provide an answer to it and in some ways kind of start to commit these things to memory that as you have some of these questions come to mind, you'll be reminded of the answers. And as other people are asking you these questions, you would kind of have the answers in your back pocket, so to speak, as you've committed these things to memory. And some of the, the questions, actually two of them, are specifically tied to what we're going to talk about this morning. So I thought it would be good uh, to use these in helping us answer why does God have have to be fully, or why does Jesus rather have to be fully man and fully God, and what are some of the implications of that? So here's the, the first question. That's a nice Heidelberg catechism picture I found for you. Why must he, talking about Jesus, sometimes you might see uh, the redeemer, or you might see the mediator, basically the one who buys us back, or the one who goes before God on our behalf. Why must he be true and righteous man? Why must he be a true man, like fully human, but also a good man, a perfect man? That's the question. The answer says, he must be a true man because the justice of God requires that the same human nature which has sinned should pay for sin. He must be a righteous man, a sinless man, because one who himself is a sinner cannot pay for the others. So going all the way back to the garden, this is where maybe you've heard of Jesus referred to as the second Adam. Well, the first Adam, man, human, Adam in Genesis was the, the one who brought sin into the world. And from that moment on, you and I have sinful natures 
And the only way for our sin to no longer separate us from God is for a sacrifice to be given. And so all throughout the Old Testament, you see that sacrifices were given, but they weren't humans, thankfully. They were animals, right? And it was a a kind of momentary covering of our sins so that people throughout the Old Testament could be made right or could be good with God for a time. But it wasn't the final, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. The only thing that could pay for something that man did was another man. But not just any man, one who was sinless, one who was righteous, one who was pure. Somebody like Jesus, who walked this earth and experienced all the things that you and I do, experienced temptation to sin, but never himself fell to it. Never sinned, did Jesus. And he was the only one, a perfect human, he's the only one who could sacrifice himself and be the right sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice to cover our sin. In some ways, it's like this. I was thinking of like a silly example for you guys. It's like if, if you owed somebody a, a certain amount of money, okay, let's just say it's like $100, and they come to you and they're like, well, hey, I got like, you like Sour Patch Kids, right? Well, I got $100 worth of Sour Patch Kids. What if I just give that to you? And it, can we call it even? And you're like, not really. Like, I like Sour Patch Kids, but that's going to take me like years to eat $100, well, maybe like days for some of you, uh, maybe hours for some. But, but like, that's not the same thing as getting $100. Well, what if I, what if I were to give you like $100 in V-Bucks, right? Like that's a ton of V-Bucks or Robux or whatever, whatever money is in your favorite game, okay? And you're like, I don't even play that game anymore. I don't play Roblox, okay? I did when I was uh, 12, but I don't now that I'm 13. I'm a teenager. I'm a grown adult. And uh, I don't play that game. I don't play Fortnite. I never have. I never will. Please don't bring up my past, okay? But, but you're like, that. So that, that's not the same thing as giving me $100. Like, no, this was supposed to be like even trade. Like, I give you $100. I had to loan that to you. I should be charging you interest, okay? But I'm not going to. It was, it's only $100 that's truly going to pay back your $100. And in, in a small way, that's a picture of what's happening here with sin. That as man brought sin into the world, a sinful man, that a perfect man was the answer to making a way so that sin would not have to separate us from God. So that's what Jesus did. Let's not just use the Heidelberg Catechism to talk about this, though. Let's use a little bit of Scripture. And so from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it just says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers. Jesus had to be made like us, human, flesh, experiencing all the things that we do in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a propitiation. Everybody say propitiation is your vocab word for the day. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Basically, propitiation is he's, this is the only one who could go before God on our behalf, making a case before God, saying, hey, no, they're covered. Remember what I did on the cross? That covers their sins. He still goes before God on our behalf today. So Jesus, he was sinless. He's the only one who could, uh, who could be on that cross, who could take the punishment, this sinless man. But part of what this also means that affects our lives as well as this is that Jesus is able to sympathize with us because he's experienced all of the things that we have on this earth. He's experienced the ups and downs of life as a human. He's experienced temptation. He's experienced loss as a human. 
He's experienced all these things, which is really good news for us because we can know that it's not just, oh, oh like he understands us, but no, he, he relates to us directly because he's felt and experienced everything that you and I have. You know, that's the difference between empathy and sympathy. Empathy is when you're kind of able to get in the mind of somebody who's experiencing some kind of hardship or, or maybe just, just being able to experience whatever the emotions are that they are. Like, I, I understand that, right? That's empathy. I can kind of get in your head. But sympathy is, no, I've been there. I've walked those shoes, or I've walked in your shoes. Like, I've, I've experienced that thing that you are talking about, and Jesus can very much sympathize with us. So we know that when we call out to him, we're calling out to someone who does understand and has been there and experienced it. So that's Jesus as truly man, why he had to be truly man, and some of the implications of it. Let's talk about why he must also be truly God, truly divine, 100% man, 100% God. This next question, why must he also be true God? The answer is so that by the power of his divinity, he might bear the weight of God's anger in, in his humanity and earn for us and restore to us righteousness and life. Why did Jesus also have to be fully God? Because here's the truth. As much as sinless man was the right sacrifice, no man, no matter how perfect, could ultimately take on the weight of sin that Jesus did at the cross and take on the punishment of sin that Jesus did at the cross. No human can, can bear that. And if you want proof, think about how hard it is for many of us to just go through one day at a time and the hardships that we deal with. Imagine dealing with the weight of everyone's sin in this room and then multiply that by literally like, well, I guess not literally a billion, but well, for the, for the sins of the entire, uh, entire history, I guess multiply that by a billion and you've got the weight of all of those people and all of that sin and the punishment that they deserve on you. Our, our, we were not meant to carry that. We were not made to carry that. We were not made to be able especially to defeat and, and to rise above that. But Jesus was. As fully God, he was able to carry that and bear that weight and ultimately, ultimately rise again three days later. This is why it's important that Jesus was not just a man who took a punishment, but also fully God. Implications for us today would be that, man, if it wasn't for Jesus being fully God, we, we, there would be no point for us being here today. If it wasn't for Jesus being fully God, he wouldn't have rose again in three days, conquering sin and death. If it wasn't for Jesus being fully God, we would have nobody going before us right now, going before us, reminding, reminding us, reminding the Father, hey, no, they're taken care of. They're, they're with us. They're part of our family. They're part of the kingdom. Not just the Heidelberg Catechism, but Scripture. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Verse 24 says, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Jesus couldn't be held back by death. Death couldn't stop him. Death couldn't defeat him. If he was man, just a man it could, but because he was also God, even death could not hold Jesus down. And that's really, really good news for us. That Jesus is also man, that Jesus is man, but is also human. 
is really, really good news for you and I. Not just so that one day we can go and live with him, but so right now we can experience life and freedom from sin and know that we have a God who sympathizes with us. Know we have a God who's for us. Know we have a God who's going before us right now in the here and now. Way to summarize this, and then we'll close for this morning, is two things. If Jesus, Jesus had, to su- had to be fully human in order to suffer, so remember to take the weight, or, or sorry, take the, uh, take the punishment on the cross, and he had to also uh, and be fully man in order to sympathize with us, to relate, he's experienced. And then for this part of Jesus being fully God, he had to be fully God in order to satisfy and secure. Satisfy and secure. So he would be the right sacrifice, being able to secure for us life eternal with God. There's a ton of implications for this, and you guys are going to have a chance to talk about these things in small group. Let me pray for us before we release. God, thank you so much for not just being man, but also being God. Jesus, thank you for coming and taking on flesh. This is the the incarnation for taking on flesh, for living a life like we live every day, for experiencing the things that we do on this earth, and for, for being able to be the perfect sacrifice and the one who can bear the punishment for our sin. God, would these be things that we are regularly reminded of, knowing that because of this, we are secure. Because of this, you can understand us. That without you being fully God and fully man, that there would be really no point to what we're doing here today. That, that this is what had to happen. Would we regularly thank you for that and consider the implications of it in our lives? We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.